Welcome to The Work, a new podcast brought to you by TheatreWorks Silicon Valley. Join us as we explore the world of theater, connecting with artists in a national conversation around the most pressing issues within the industry. I am Alejandra Cisneros. And I'm Steve Muterspaugh. And this is The, the Work. Work. On today's episode, we have the fabulous Catherine Rodriguez, actor and director serving collaborations, community, and looks wherever she goes. She is a core member of the theater and media company, Fake Friends. Hi, I'm Kat Rodriguez. Uh, I'm a Shia type, and I'm a performer and a director and a dramaturg, founding membress, founding membress. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Foundress, founding membress. Um, <laughs> co-founders of Fake Friends, um, which is a theatrical and new media producing company. <laughs> so could you give us just a little bit of history of um, the the whole Fake Friends uh, situation? Like, like what it started as, what it grew to be? Yeah, um, mm, we started, we started as friends. <laughs> <laughs> shockingly and then became fake right. <laughs> yes. we, we added the fake on top of it but no we, we started as friends and I think we started um as friends who um were intellectually curious about similar but very disparate things but I but I think what drew us together um was uh, a desire and ability to um, take just as seriously something like Chekhov or Marie Irene Fournaz and the Real Housewives pop culture, um, that there is no kind of, you know, hierarchy. Um, uh, yeah, so everything is material for us. Um, and we start our processes with a lot of research, um, educating ourselves. Um, and then we like to get up on our feet. So. We start, I mean, now at this point, look, wait a minute, hold on. I'm bad at maths. <laughs> Probably like eight years, no, seven, six, seven years, something like that. You all met at Yale, yes? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, we're classmates and we're, you know, we have we have different backgrounds and, and trainings. Um, the, the founding members, there were three dramaturgs are three dramaturgs and um, an actor, at least in terms of the formal, formal training. And then Rory Pelsu, um, uh, who's a director, formally trained as a director, came on board with Circle Jerk was the first project that we worked with a director, period. <laughs> on, on, and then, you know, it was Rory um, who then also uh, did the live stream production of um, this American wife with us, but I should, I just, I should hashtag say their names. I should say it's, <laughs> it's Michael Breslin, Patrick Foley, Ariel Seibert, and myself who are the founding members. And of course, Rory Pelsu is our resident director. Yeah. Now, was it always a live theater slash digital media company or, or did that pivot? Great question. It was always a live theatrical company that was interested in screens. Um, and screens from, you know, the screen, the various screens that we consume, right, that are portals for us. So whether that's TV, what you see on TV versus, you know, pocketable screens like the ones that you um, probably have on silent right now uh, as we record this uh, interview. Oh, you know, like, oh, no. uh, don't get Nicole Kidman on your ass, and, you know. Start. How dare you get Rodriguez? <laughs> yeah, I can 
can be the podcast version. Um, please silence your phones. Um, yeah. Let's all be inspired. Uh, <laughs> we're always interested in screens, but you know, we're we're theater we're theater people. Um, that's not to say you know that's our only lane, um, but that's where we started, right? That's where we started, and the first thing that we ever did together, which was a fifteen minute version of This American Wife, um, which was in a in a cabaret kind of setting. Um, and then it, that piece grew, right, um, to be a, then a full-length theatrical production. And then in, in the pandemic, we pivoted and it was a, we did a digital adaptation, added a performer, it was on site. So quite different um, than where it started. Um, but, you know, that first moment of working together, um, 15 minutes to show for it, um, was live in front of a live audience um, and also still very much interested in technology and how it mediates experience. Kat, tell us about um, This American Wife. What is that for folks who don't know? Not me, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I did my research. (laughs) Um, This American Wife, well, it started as um, a a kind of uh, an exploration. Um, Really, I mean, really, it started um, when... Patrick Foley and Michael Breslin realized that this was a mutual obsession that they had. Um, They were quite versed um, in the franchises. Um, And then you have someone like me, who at the time was like a kind of, you know, uh, yeah, that is something that I have flipped (laughs) to on TV and sued. (laughs) Um, And then Ariel, who I think, you know, really, really did not know, but it was very interested um, in, in technology, right? Um, so the show is not, it's not like, you know, the equivalent of like a jukebox musical, like send up, right? Um, it is truly an exploration of these two people who um, form a friendship, who are mutually obsessed, right, with the women and the narratives and the performance um, for the camera, in spite of the camera, behind the camera, um, the, these questions of realness, you know, authenticity, fakery, um, have always been really close to us. Um, so when we we did it, uh, you know, there's a confessional moment at the very end. Um, spoiler alert! Sorry. Um, um, but but you know, things that are um, yeah, like staged for the camera, um, captured um, despite our best intentions. Um, but really pursuing this this kind of like, what is it to find yourself in another, right? Um, and then what is it when you find yourself in another, in another a, a kind of like Russian dollish type of situation. And then um, with the live stream uh, the, that was the most recent production, we added a performer, Jakeem Dante Powell, who's amazing. Um, and <laughs> that was that was on site. So it was in a McMansion. <laughs> and the material, right? Um, the architecture, the kind of choreography um, of life in these domestic spaces um, was became a part of the exploration since previously it was really black box world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, I'm I'm fascinated. And I don't know if this is like a new generation kind of theater making, and I do think this is where the art form is heading. But this. Um, this intersection of what is happening on TV, on Bravo, on The Real Housewives, right, where 
those are theatrical performances that we watch every week by these cast of women who are very much an ensemble. They have Absolutely. a very lightly skeleton sketch of what's going on, but like it all ensues. Comedy ensues, drama ensues. And what happens when we take um, the theater art form and have begin talking to what's happening on TV, right? And and I think it goes w- way back to like, um, uh, what was the MTV show? Um, real World? The, uh, the Real World, right? The original... <laughs> the original hot daddy of it all right it's mm-hmm. it's a performance for camera where it's not scripted um and i just love the way that new voices are coming in through that because when i go to the theater sometimes i find myself bored um because nothing is speaking in my language or the way i receive media and from any other mm-hmm. content platform i check out like nothing is as fast as a tiktok and i'm like can this scene be faster, please? <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. I sometimes I listen. I was listening to a pop song from like several years ago. I was running. I was like, "Why is this song so slow?" But I remembered it faster than it was. Oops. It's a ballad now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you know, totally true. And at this point, in terms of reality TV, people are self-aware, right? It's a very different ball game. Hundred percent from that first season of Real Housewives, yeah, yeah, yeah. No sports for us, but it's a very different. It's a horse of a different color. Let's say it that way. It's very much a horse of a different color than when it started, right? When you know nobody really knew, right, what was happening, and even a show like The Real Housewives discovered itself, right? They were filming for what was going to be a different show, and you know, um, ended up with oh my god, this this is you know the potential here right yeah um, and in the same way that we're we're interested right you know when we when we do a show I, I think I should also say like this American Wife um it extends beyond our interest where we're probably some people would look at us and be like that's a lot of red string that you got you know tying <laughs> like things together you you conspiracy theorists <laughs> um, but no for real like uh to to make the kind of connections um between the media of reality TV and something like the OJ Simpson court case, right? Exactly. Um, cameras were in the courtroom. The 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 United States, you know, the nation was glued internationally too, right? OJ was such a, a figure. Um, and it touches on everything from what we consume, how it's framed, race, gender, class, you know, you name it, um, are all a part of this. Um, and, you know, our awareness around it, I think, culturally. Um, has shifted um, uh, in, in that way. I think now we're, we're, we're both more and less aware now that, you know, the technology just walks around with us. Um, it, it is a different relationship, relationship to it, right? Um, and something like the O.J. Simpson case and um, tracing the kind of lineages, not just of media, but the figures, right, um, who are framed by these cameras is a part of the show. Um, because there are connections, you know, like strikingly enough, there are connections, right? Um, so, you know, it's it's part of our work to trace those, um, to dig into them, uh, to take them at face value, but also to go to go deeper, right? Um, and not be dismissive, not not be dismissive of the stuff that makes up culture at every level. Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes um, folks forget, like anything that is. Um, Anything you're receiving is a curated frame, 
mm-hmm. um, especially when it's being received through a camera, you are being told what is important. Um, and, and that's something a little bit different than what I, I've experienced in theater, where you see it all to some degree, right? You're watching the entire stage at all times. But the power there is in me telling you what's important in this singular moment and frame um, and how that shapes um, how we tell stories, whose stories we're telling and in what form and matter. Um, And I think a lot about I think the one that has most um, is most indicative of that is 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 something like a drag race where you watch the first season mm-hmm. and it's a that completely different show than what yeah. it is today mm-hmm. because of how people are arriving to that platform and mm-hmm. what the expectations are as opposed to when that show started mm-hmm. um it was the first of its kind right mm-hmm. <laughs> um so nobody knew what they were going to get out of it mm-hmm. um but to see that evolution and also how that show has really changed culture and how we discuss queer culture how we discuss drag queens and drag kings and what's missing from the conversation Mm -hmm. um so I love that and I also love what you bring as a dramaturg because I think again like you said most people will just see the first layer but you as a as a trained dramaturg can speak to the many different layers that we're talking about in any given moment Uh, how you dramaturg this stuff Kat (laughs) (laughs) um First, all of us, you know, start with research, right? Um, And I think it's important, something that I didn't mention as I was, you know, talking is is our interest in cultural history, as well as, you know, period, (laughs) generally history, politics, you know, um, but also in theatrical history too, right? So we know we're not the first people to put screens up on a stage. And like, I mean, at this point, this is decade, you know, this is a long time deep, right? We're not the first. <laughs> and it's so interesting um, to, to, re- to receive, to sense um, such pushback, right? Um, yeah. Against, against that. Um, but, but we are um, a part, right? We are, we are, we are drawing from and in conversation with um, people who are our predecessors and also our contemporaries. Um, so at the same time that we're looking you know, um, to things like, you know, the OJ case. Um, we're also looking at, you know, um, the history of screens on stage, right, on, on, on theatrical um, stages. In terms of how how the hell we dramaturg this this stuff, um, you know, I think it's a it's a and, and directing also, right? Um, because before Circle Jerk, it was uh, we didn't have a director, a designated director. Um, it first of all, again, has to start with research. Um, uh, and then because so much of our process is on the feet and then going away, refining, especially Michael and Patrick as writers, um, but also, you know, as performers, um, it is this really interesting dialogue. Um, and it's important for us as a team to be on the same page, because I can tell you it's it's really hard when you're in something, right, to be able to peel back and see I mean, obviously it's quite impossible to see how you're being lit. You can get an idea, right? You can have someone stand in for you, um, but it's not going to be the exact same, right? Um, but I, again, I think attending to everything, um, as as vague as that might sound, my real deep belief is that everything is material. Everything. It's from what's not just what's said, you know, hashtag primacy of the text, 
Um, it's not just what's said, um, but it's how 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 a fabric um, wafts in the air, how an actor carries their body. Um, you know, it's everything. It's, it's not just when a light cue hits; it's what hue it's in. It's everything. Um, and so, you know, when I'm wearing a kind of dramaturgical hat um, designated as a dramaturg, which I on previous productions of This American Life very much was, um, it is, it's not just moment to moment, it's it's the whole, but it's also the shape, the shape of things. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, because we have acts, like that's, that's the, like kind of a little bit mind blowing thing is dramaturging in this age, you have access to a lot. Especially yeah. if you're doing something that is um, in conversation with the culture right now. Oh. There's access to so much, so much content of the content of the content. And like you said, um, everything means something, right? Just like the frame is being curated, every part of that story, um, someone decided red was an important color or, mm -hmm. you know, um, wool is the fabric of this uh, story and what that means and how that tells um specifically when it's like this kind of medium of um, a screen right. where i can pause you and i can just well i can look at every single thing on your frame um so I'm to me it feels now. very daunting <laughs> <laughs> it's like a baz lorman film where yeah. you're like stop <laughs> i mean i think that's you know part of the difference between working in a mediated way and working in a, a you know staged way um at the same time that you can have somebody take photos and show them to you it is just different and when i'm performing um when i'm doing that my dramaturgical mind is still very much you know um active and i, I know something that is important to us as a group also individually and i can speak for myself is attending to the politic i mean one of my big big things is that so often we just reify the object of critique. We just do the thing that we're critiquing. And I think with us, you know, we, we try very hard to consider um, what the ramifications, message, et cetera, are, right? What are we, what are we making, you know? Uh, how we're making it, um, you know, sure is, is one thing, um, but what is it actually doing, right? What is it actually doing? Um, and so that's something that, you know, that work never stops. Um, it's it's being in constant dialogue and conversation about ooh, what is going beyond our best intentions, what is actually happening. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah Does that, yeah. Um, when you make the shift between, because I mean, I love that all your pieces go back and forth between live theatrical and, in a, in a hybrid or even just a whole virtual thing. How does that shift um, as far as the, I mean, you get a chance to kind of, you know, like you said, you're curating the, the frame and you're, but you're also getting a chance because of the ever evolving landscape of what you're pulling from. Do you also shift that narrative when you make the leap to a hybrid or to a fully digital? I think it's on a, a show to show basis what that entails. Something like Circle Jerk, which was supposed to, the first production was supposed to be a live in person, you know, enterprise, Starship Enterprise. Uh, and <laughs> we had to shift because the pandemic hit, that production got canceled. And it was really Michael Breslin who, who said, 
I, I really think that we, we need to shift. We should shift, we should explore digital, right? Um, and then it, at that point, it became a work of adaptation in a similar way that, you know, then um, This American Wife later on down the line became a similar um, act of adaptation, but they're very different, right? Um, where, whereas, you know, um, and now that we've done, we had uh, this past summer, uh, June, 2022, the Connolly Theater in East Village, a live in-person production of Circle Jerk that was also simultaneously live streamed, which meant that the people that were in the house could see both, we had a, a giant um, projection screen where they could see both what the online audience was watching as well as us making it in real time, right? Um, and, and this American Wife, there was no in-person audience, it was all, you know, um, live stream. And again, it was not in, I mean, it was a theatrical space, but it was a domestic one. It was a theatricalized domestic that, space, right? A domestic space. Uh, yes, very much so, very much so, giant expansion. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, I mean, it, it it's taking a look at the, sh it's a show by show basis, right? Um, and deciding or being really honest about, you know, um, what can go, what can shift when we did Circle Jerk again, um, you know, we swapped, we, we swapped certain things out. We tried new things. There were adjustments, you know, um, made, uh, dramaturgically both in, in terms of like what the, what the, the ending, for example, was different, um, but also certain, you know, um, cultural reference uh, in the show um, were exchanged um, to keep it fresh, keep it keep it live, because it's not just how can, it's not like Cinderella and everybody trying to jam their foot in that shoe. You know what I'm saying? It's on, there's only one foot that's gonna fit in it, okay? <laughs> um, and so we're trying to, we know the, we, we know the foot. <laughs> it's about cobbling together all of us little elves <laughs> Um, you know, a shoe um, that is going to fit, right? That is the proper, that is appropriate, you know, container. And that I think is necessarily going to be different. So each process is very different, but what is absolutely, you know, the same is that it starts with deep thought, thought beyond our own, um, a lot of rigorous conversation, a lot of play on our feet in the room um, and a process of refinement, yeah, and discernment. Yeah, I mean, it's it's um to me this this is exciting. Like this is the work that I get excited by, um and 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 I, I do want to just take a moment to to kind of do the timeline of Circle yeah. Jerk, right? Mm -hmm. So it was a production that did not happen because of the pandemic, right. and then you all went into a dramaturgical state. You know, you were working on a script. Um, you got feedback yeah, and you then were one of our responders, mm -hmm. which was amazing. And it was so much fun. And then um, and just even that fact of like being able to dramaturge through Zoom because you can bring so many more voices in the room. Mm -hmm. um, and then you guys filmed it. Right. You you did a, this this live event of it that you could watch it every night for a couple of uh, was it weeks? There, was a, there were eight performances that were we were doing it live. Yeah, and live like we were in the room to you know it was the cast, the production team in the theater together, and it was live cast, so it was live stream. So the audience for those eight performances 
were really watching us do shit live. <laughs> yeah, I watched one of those. Like you yeah. bought a you got a ticket and then you get a link and you clicked uh-huh. on the website and watched it. And every night was different. Correct. Um, which was fantastic. And and that really felt actually that felt most theatrical to me. And also the ability to be able to um like laugh and talk with the people I was in my room in my space, right? Without mm-hmm. disrupting your performance. So we could like laugh out loud or be like Oh my God, look at Kat! <laughs> like have these moments that we probably couldn't have in the theater, which is actually really relieving. And then um, that run ended. I know you guys put it out again so yeah, that people could download. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, it had a life, right? After that, pick yeah. it up from there. <laughs> yeah, so, so those eight performances were in October of 2020. Um, and then in November of 2020, and January of 2021, we did a couple of weeks, a few weeks of on-demand streaming where you could buy a ticket to watch, you know, online, on-demand, anytime during that week period, those weeks um, of on-demand time. Um, and then and then the great work continued. Um, and we really wanted, we really wanted to do it live and in person. That was always, you know, the the impulse, the desire the hope. And so this off-Broadway production was really exciting um, because we were able to realize it, you know, in the way that was always the intention. And because we had that, you know, first run of it live streamed, right? Um, We also had a sense of the thing, right? Um, And it didn't stay the same, um, but it was so exciting, you know, to be able to draw from that knowledge um, of, of, you know, doing, right? the, the, the kind of um, uh, knowledge, you know, that is muscular in nature beyond the cerebral, right? Thinking about, which is also important and also happens. <laughs> um, but yeah, we so then um, we had, I think it was 20, mm, again, math, 21 <laughs> to 23 performances um, off-Broadway. Um, and that was just so cool um, to be able to share uh yeah really exciting stuff but it was also so cool to me watching from a distance the viralness of your performances right like um the the show itself um references a a host of of cultural pop moments it takes place on a fire island-esque um laboratory Um, (laughs) yes and you are a bot that is created by these two folks who are trying to basically take over the world through supremacy it's fantastic if you don't know it find it but then it 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 running also became a viral moment in itself where there were celebrities um being like i am here with this team and and just that in itself was beautiful to me. The reference becoming the reference. Oh, it was really cool and really wild. Um, <laughs> like to have like people like Sarah Paulson, Roxanne Gay, like tweeting, like Ari Nat, like, okay, that's cool. You know, um, and, and similarly, like in person. And like, I think, you know, a huge gag for me was my, um, that that character that you're referring to, whose name is Eva Maria, uh, <laughs> who's an ethnically ambiguous AI bot, right? Um, <laughs> is based is was is was is was is based on an an actual influencer who's 
racial, racially, ethnically ambiguous named Lil Michaela. Lil Michaela came to see the show. <laughs> and you Lil took a picture with Lil, Lil Michaela. Michaela yeah? and I took selfies together. <laughs> that was wild. That was unexpected. That was unexpected. So yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it was its own thing. I had someone dress up as Ava Maria for Halloween. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the, yeah, it was really, it was really cool to have that kind of, you know, dialogue. It was dialogue. I mean, that's what memes are, right? Um, that's what, that's what this kind of like internet speak is. Um, it's a community talking to itself, right? And it can unfortunately result in things like circle like not circle jerk the show but circle jerks right where people convince them but you know I, I think um something that that is also important important to us that was also something the show is doing is you know hey it's really easy to punch it's really easy to punch down like that really easy sometimes you need to punch up sometimes you gotta look in a mirror and punch yourself <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, you know, it was, it was, um, it was also an opportunity, right. To like, I, I don't know, have some skin in the game. Um, yeah. and I, it was vulnerable and, you know, and also like exciting, you know, I, I, I enjoy, um, shows where really actually something is on the line. Um, something is actually at stake. Um, and it's not, you know, made up, um, yeah, I that's a Circle Jerk is def I mean all of our work, but is definitely a show that I'm really proud of. Um that I, I just doing it, it felt important. Um, you know, it felt like um yeah, like actually really, you know, like what are we like the intention, right? What are we saying? You know, why are we saying it, right? Um it just felt really clear. Um, and I really yeah. enjoyed bringing that, you know, um, yeah, to, to my work as a, as a performer. In I also loved um, how it spotlighted in a very uh, real way to me, um, uh, queer language and queer culture and queer politics in a way that I have not seen at all um, in any type of uh, by proxy theater performance. <laughs> Um, in in what the conversations that were happening in that show about race, about uh, colorism, um, about all those, and the, it was all in conversation with each other. Which usually, um, when I watch stuff, everything is um, bucketed, mm -hmm. right? The the one show can only talk about one thing, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but here it was really this intersection of all these conversations we're having, mm -hmm. um, and especially how language is constantly evolving. And even that was a, that even that happens in this show, which I really just enjoyed, and I I, I hope to see more work like that. Um, and I just want to throw in, right? Your show was nominated for a Pulitzer, which, you know, that's that seems to me like a huge first as well mm -hmm. to have a work like this be nominated for a big deal. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that was I mean, it was very exciting, you know, and again, I, I find it important to just mention name um, that as fun and as high energy and as wild um, as the show is, it's also deeply considered. So, you know, um, for, I think both is the same, I think both are the same number, um, but, but Circle Jerk is, is 13 cameras, right? Um, 
<laughs> there are handhelds. Um, there are iPhones. There are PTZs, which are those little like robot, you know, looking mm -hmm. things that you can remote control, you know. Um, it, it, and it uh, is in conversation with the, th the three camera setup from sitcom of yesteryear um, to the kind of tech that we have now, TikTok, um, et cetera. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, that, that is the case because that is really what, you know, um, we needed <laughs> to be able to tell this particular story, something that goes from, you know, kind of like living room, right, um, dramedy um, to, you know, like, like the kind of, not dark web, but like the underbelly, right, of the internet. Yeah, um, each one of those cameras tells us how to show up and tells us a different type of storytelling. <laughs> and this was all shot against a, a green screen, right? Because yeah, I remember Circle Jerk had like sets and you would run from one set to another yeah. in life. Yeah. Oh, cool. So it's very much that sitcom setup where you've got the multiple. <laughs> yeah. There are right. moments of, you know, pre-recorded content. Absolutely. Um, and the, really the green screen, um, there are select moments that were in front of a green screen and it was, you know, for a background or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but honestly, most of most of the camera stuff was not in front of a green screen. And really for This American Wife, it's it's one quite significant, I'll call it a movement. It's a, it's a thing into itself um, <laughs> that is all uh, green screen. Um, and when we did it, you know, in person, we did it, um, we had a production at, uh, as part of the Next Door series at New York Theater Workshop. Um, what was so fun about that um, in front of a live audience is that they could see the green, the green, <laughs> backdrop um as well as like what the you know image with like the replacement right um is a kind of fakery of that um and I should you know yeah I guess I'll, I'll like since you're um bringing up green screen and I think you know the fakery right um of it or you know the, the easy swap of it is is something that is um the case in, in Circle Jerk and This American Wife more so in This American Wife is that when there's a camera involved Right. Um, the performer, Alejandro, you were talking earlier about, you know, cameras having more of a frame. Right. Um, and of course, like in theater, there are frames, too. Right. Not just what's on stage, but how things are lit, you know, mm -hmm. um, movement can pull focus. Right. Like there are things that we can do at the same time that, you know, with a with an image that is on a screen, you can really, you know, zoom in to something. You can really kind of highlight um, and I, I just want to like mention as a performer, when you know that a camera is in somebody else's hands or, or like, you know, whether that's literally they're touching the object or they're somewhere else and they're, they're pushing, you know, buttons, um, there is a kind of surrender. You don't have control. You don't know, you don't how know what they're filming. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so it is just a, an additional and, and thing that I think when people have this kind of reaction, um, you know, that, oh, that well, then that's, that's not theater, right? Um, I, I think that, I, I, I don't know, it's interesting. Um, somehow it's less real or there's, there's less at stake, but I can tell you as a performer, um, it doesn't, it certainly doesn't feel that way. 
yeah, or there's less value. Um, it almost feels like um, uh, the haves and the have-nots. Like there's always some scale to which uh, we have to abide to in order for it to be theater and to not be theater. Oh yeah, and theater is um, always like obsessed with itself dying. Obsession, right? right? <laughs> the hypochondriac is like, I know I got something. <laughs> And this is like one of those conversations I feel that really peaked during the pandemic where it was just like, well, your stage is closed. I don't know what you're going to do. But in reality, so many, um, I would say, emerging artists or uh, more uh, artists that were in conversation with the contemporary were able to create, were able to create very um, important work. Um, that probably would have never come through or existed or even had a platform had um, we had not had a break from the stages, um, which is how Circle Jerk ended up right getting adapted. But all the other work that came out of that, all these adaptations of Shakespeare and all these conversations around the table. Um, and I was always curious to like, which again, I think rings to what you said earlier of like, you're not inventing a new medium you're taking from the past or what um, filmmakers have created and you're bringing it into new your medium and then evolving it into something else um, and the evolution of that storytelling. And I found that really beautiful of um, theater storytellers taking on a different medium to, to put out, to produce. Um, and I, I, I hope that continues. I, I don't know if will. there's a platform. Tell me more. What do you think, Kat, yeah, as someone I, who is working in this specific? Again, I, th- I think it will. Like, you know, again, we're not the first people. And at the same time that like, yes, you know, we are, we do watch film, you know, and um, let that wash over us. Um, we also, you know, are obviously aware <laughs> and knowledgeable about groups like the Wooster Group, Big Art Group, you know, they're, they're, yeah. they're theatrical companies um that have been taking technology seriously for a long time you know this is not a new um phenomenon and i think uh i i, I can understand certainly the anxiety right um especially in a time of such uncertainty instability uh loss death actual death um the kind of fear right um of you know uh of of an art form um, losing something else yeah, losing something going away um but but that's you know putting it in a, in a negative light um yeah. right and um you know we because we were working on this project perhaps we were particularly poised because you know previously we had been working with screens etc we were particularly poised i don't think that's you know just us um we happen to have a project that we were currently working on but again, it did require an, a whole ass act of adaptation, you know, um, and deep thought about how we were going to do it. Um, and I think, you know, it's really exciting um, to have been a part of something that was not, you know, much love to them. Sorry, not doing it. A Zoom play. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a Zoom play. When I hear people say, oh, circle, you know, Zoom play, it's like, well, that's really not what it was. By the way, zoo plays are fine. <laughs> Just different things. <laughs> very different things. Very different. So somehow you have, 
in your brain, you have you don't know anything about circle jerk, and you've conjured an image of thirteen zooms going on, and that's how the production. That is not, not what it was. <laughs> no, no, people same spot, thirteen cameras being right. used for those people Absolutely. in the same room, several yeah, different yeah, yeah. sets, uh, and us running around like chickens with our heads cut off. Um, yeah, but that I mean, it's so much, so much fun, so much fun, and, and um, in in a similar way that we talked about earlier, right? Like the housewives. Um, you know, uh, staging themselves, right, or not. There was certainly, you know, acts of staging theatricality, right? Um, and also honest slippages, <laughs> moments of accident, right, which are um, exciting. Uh, but definitely we, we wanted this to be and feel theatrical. It was not, you know, and now we divest from that and we're we're, you know, we're making a, a film. No, I mean, we're in conversation, right? We understand, you know, the, the medium. That's another thing to play with, right? Um, and, and but it's not, you know, it's not like um, a spurning, right? And a goodbye. It's not, it's not like that. It's not drama like that. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I, I did respect the most was the time and care in adapting the work to really bring in the digital TV film um, tools that are used that have been worked through for many, many like centuries, right? And how, how do they fit into this storytelling as opposed to just um, grabbing a camera and film what we typically film on stage, mm -hmm. um, which are again, two different, two very different things, two very different ways of storytelling. But how do we um, say, Come in, friend. <laughs> Come in, film friend. Um, how, what can we make together that is new um, for at least us in this in this uh, journey? Um, which I, I'm very excited about, and I'm very excited because for many years, you know, playwrights write for TV, you know, or or TV directors go on and direct theater. So there is this like crossbreeding of artists, but the the actual uh, form. Mm -hmm. tends to not want to ever cross over or there's like a negative feeling towards it of like, ah, that's too film or that's too theater. But there is a natural inbreeding of these artists going back and forth all the time. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it is a part of daily life. Now I can tell you many, many times have I read a script where like, and now they're texting. So many now times. Now, and it's like, <laughs> it's so hard to make that work <laughs> All this, like sit and watching like somebody like read text messages out loud as they compose like no who does that nobody no. even texts that slow yeah, yeah right. um and it's, it's also just you know excuse my french but boring um yeah. <laughs> um so i mean yeah i mean it is it like how do you deal right how do you deal i mean we found a way to deal <laughs> that worked for us and that worked for the project you know so i think a lot of theater companies you know obviously they embraced digital out of necessity mm -hmm. but now we're in that murky zone of like are they going to continue with it or are they going to just go back to the traditional model and i would say having i mean honestly astounding to to hear the pivot of we have this live version and now we're going to do this 13 camera multi-location setup is just astounding to me mm -hmm. um so what would your advice be to a theater company who is 
you know, traditional in nature, but looking to do a more digital centric, you know, storytelling. Yeah. Um, hmm. I, I, first of all, I'm going to start with a little bit of self-reflection. Um, I, I think it's important to ask, like, why have we not? Right. And to be really honest about that, that one. <laughs> <laughs> and why do we now want to? Why do we now want to? I'm, and I'm, I have no value judgment on either of those questions. I just think that they should be asked and honestly answered. And part of that is because if we if we just start, you know, oh, this is possible, and we start doing things, right? Kind of just like shooting from our hip. Um, we we will probably, I think, we are more likely to commit a similar offense, right? Um, to have similar, you know, areas of unawareness, right? And to perpetuate certain things. Um, obviously, something that is so exciting about digital is accessibility, right? But again, it's not that you just, you know, if we build it, they will come, right? Um, it's, it's, a, it's, I think, a really, um, it's a conversation. Um, and then it requires actually you know doing the thing and i i think as part of that honesty right which is going to i think have you know include incorporate um conversation dialogue around audience um around ticketing you know pricing um about some real kind of logistical considerations like you know the, the union of it all, right? Um, it's 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 not uh, as simple um, as it may seem. That's not that does not mean it's not worth doing, right? Then I also think you know, considering the the project itself, right, um, and the integrity of the project, um, so that so that we can do right by it, right? So we do right by audiences. We also do right by artists. And we also do right by the actual work itself, because when you make something so widely available, it's like photos, right? Production photos, there are all these rules around production photos. Why? Well, because you're representing somebody else's work, you know, um, or, 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 or many people's works, right? Um, and something like, you know, live streaming, if it's going to be done poorly, then it is a poor representation, you know, of people's labors. Um, so yeah, I mean, what I would say to people who want, who want to, to do this exciting. Oh my God. Fantastic. You know, great. Amazing. Let's have those conversations for real though, you know, don't, and don't stop at the, the easy answer. Um, and, and this is, this does not have to be, you know, um, it doesn't have to then include self-flagellation. Right. Um, but honesty is a part of being accountable, right? Um, and I think that that's a really important first step in whatever direction, right? It might be that the conclusion of it is like, actually, we really, you know, we really can't, right? Um, we really can't, and for whatever reason, that's okay, you know, or we absolutely can, you know, and here's how we're going to do it. Again, once you have that conversation, you know, um, then I think that there's, um, and, and you have that insight. Um, you can walk forward with more clarity, right, around um, what's important um, and the kinds of conversations that you will continue to need to have. 
<laughs> yeah, there's something interesting about, um, and I guess this goes back to, to the mentioning of Twitter, right? But the commodification of something that feels free. Mm -hmm. Right. So what you described when you're adapting circle jerk was that you all did it because it was um, it was your truth. That's where you felt you needed to go. It wasn't under the pressure of anything or yeah. the str the strains of a, um, a budget or a right. season um, or artists or an artistic director. Um, but yeah, when you're trying to fit right that square into a triangle and you don't even have shared languages, artists, or intentions. Um, that that seems to be where everything just begins to to crack and things fall apart. And when and all of a sudden, I feel like the resolution always ends up being is gatekeeping. Yeah. Right. So, um, sorry, we're only gonna let a few amount of people do this, and mm -hmm. they need to be skilled in this new media that just was created. Because I even remember when. Uh, they were doing the Zoom readings and then all of a sudden people were looking for directors and they were like, you have to have experience directing a Zoom reading. And I was like, are you kidding? Like, this Man, just... they made credit up in 1989 and everybody's like, you credit in order to get Are you kidding? That shit's and made up. Everything's it, made up. Everything oh, is no. made up. And it's just so interesting how, how, we all, how folks tend to look for a way to gatekeep um, because I think one of the perhaps scary things is that um, this new media, new way of telling stories is accessible. Uh -huh. It can be done by anybody um, who just has, you don't even need to be a good story, right? You just need to have like the willpower to like <laughs> write something up and get some friends and create something. That is the beauty of the internet. But mm -hmm. how does that come into clash with an institution like theater. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, and I think that's, speaking of in institutions, capital right? I, um, <laughs> institutions, um, in capital T theater, um, <laughs> I, I, I think again, there just needs to be like frank, honest conversation. Are we doing this because we see this as another source of income, right? As another rep, another, another you know, space to come, yeah. right? And, and I think it's also important to remember that in the same way that, you know, we at Fake Friends are like, oh, no, you know, we we know, you know, we, we know, like the folks that came before us, right, um, that what we're in conversation with, you know, it's, I think it's also important to recognize that there were plenty, you know, um, of not, necess not necessarily theaters, although I'm sure, you know, that too, but there were plenty of cultural makers and cultural producers that we're already doing stuff online, right? Mm -hmm. Because accessibility was important to them mm -hmm. and had been. And it didn't take something like the pandemic, you know, for people to go, oh, right? Yeah. Oh. And you were being kept out of these institutions yeah. with capital yeah. T. Um, right. So you had to go and create your own yeah. um, content. Yeah. So I think, again, I just think it's important to ask, like, why all of a sudden now, you know? Um, and whatever answer, you know, is yielded, you <laughs> deal with that, right? You deal with that. doesn't mean that that's how things have to stay. Um, but I do think it's important, right? Know thyself, the oracle said. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it all back. <laughs> uh, so what's next, Kat? <laughs> what is next? 
Oh. What are your resolutions? <laughs> my, my resolutions are 2023 <laughs> and me, darling, uh, trying to step into my power. Um, so, so fake friends, we're in the middle of a commission right now, um, Ars Nova and CVU, um, a, a, a new work um, that we've been, we've been tinkering on, uh, a little bit more than tinkering. We've had several residencies. We just um, we've had some time at Ars Nova, um, and then we recently came off of two residencies, um, at Mercury Store and Culture Hub, working on uh, a new musical um, or something that is allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. That, that's what it needs to say. A new musical, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> yeah, allegedly a musical. Um, so, so we'll see. Um, we're, we're in the midst of that. Um, and then we're at the very beginning very beginning um, of a new project. I'm a, currently a Sundance um, Latine fellow. Um, and as uh, thanks to their generous support, um, I'm able <laughs> to uh, work on a new thing that right now is just an idea. Um, and we have a residency at Duke University. Shout out Duke, thank you so much for your support. <laughs> Um, yeah. This uh, podcast is sponsored by the Sun oh exactly. <laughs> at Duke yeah. University. Ars Nova. Absolutely. Um, thanks to our fiscal sponsors, as well as <laughs> like you. Um, suddenly, PBS. Um, uh, but but we're we're uh, Michael and I um, are going to go at, to Duke and work on this new thing, which uh, sounds like Michael will probably write direct um and I will be in um and you know right now pretty much what we have is um bikini competition bikini bodybuilding okay. <laughs> <laughs> and body and food the body and body body <laughs> ed you know so yeah what, that is my it? favorite part that it it, it <laughs> the center is always this moment and then uh the layers behind that moment i think 100%. that that can i can always trust in your storytelling and your voice it's like a moment and then everything else that creates that moment well, well she is the moment <laughs> she is always the moment <laughs> well and we'll see we'll see but that's what that's what's um coming up you know right now what i'm looking forward to we're we're gonna go do that um Duke residency in uh, February, um, late February. So, I mean, again, that's like the very beginning of a project. And, you know, the, the couple of things that we've uh, worked on most recently, the, because those are not the only two works um, and, and both of those have had various iterations. And, you know, um, we, uh, yeah, um, I, I am, I'm just really excited um, to see where we go and to be working on stuff concurrently. We were working on This American Wife, you know, kind of as we were doing Circle, but also again, you know, we had previous, that had previous life. So I think we're in a really exciting space right now um, mm -hmm. where we, you know, we've got multiple things on the pots. Um, uh, and so we're able to step in, step, step, you know, step out. Um, from various projects. And I know that I am not the only one um, looking forward to, but I am looking forward to, um, you know, wearing different wigs um, and being in different kind of configurations and processes within Fake Friends. Um, and then for, for myself, um, since you asked, you know, my, my, my training um, is, 
is dramaturgical um, in nature. I'm really excited um, to be stepping into to be you know stepping into and being able to externalize this deep desire that I have to perform and to direct. Um, and you know it's it's taken a lot. Everything's a process. Everything's a process, isn't it? Um, Everything gets us here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, you know, and, and so I'm, I'm really excited, you know, that I have, you know, um, this kind of uh, brain about me now uh, that is always thinking in this kind of way, which is not to say that my brain is particularly special. It's just got some deep grooves in it, baby. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I'm really excited to, you know, unleash myself. Um, as a, as a performer and as a, as a director. So let me know, y'all call me, you listening to the, everyone will be like, what the? Where, where, do, where do they call you, Kat? Where, 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 where do people find you? Drop your links. What's up? Absolutely. You can find me on catlikemeow.com. That's cat, C-A-T, like meow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And on the socials, can we find you? On Are the you socials? Um, yeah, you can find me on the socials. Well, well I <laughs> allegedly. Uh, oh, oh, uh, yeah, allegedly. Um, I think on Twitter, I'm Cat Maria. So it's C A T M A R I A A A. And then on Instagram, I just love that you said. I think you can find me. I think I'm not quite sure. Google my name. <laughs> well and have you checked your twitter account recently i don't know uh, all the time <laughs> all the time rarely tweet from it anymore which is different i mean i used to be all about it i used to be all about it and then you know um yeah it's it, social media has also really shifted and changed too and the kind of conversations that i was having when i set up my account in 2009 are not uh yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, at the, at the same time that I'm not poo-pooing social media because I do learn a lot from it. It's been really like what's going on with Twitter has been really upsetting um, because that is how, you know, I, I get so much access, right, to other people's um, thinking, um, to what's going on in places where I'm not like, you know, immediately there. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Find me, maybe. <laughs> Thank you to our guest, Catherine Rodriguez. Links to her remarkable work can be found in the episode description. Since we spoke to Kat, Fake Friends was awarded a special Obie citation for the virtual digital hybrid production of Circle Jerk. Our next guest is Jonathan Castanian, stage manager, producer, and co-founder of The Song Collective. Subscribe to our podcast to follow our conversations with the field. Until next time, keep doing the, the work. work.